Welcome to the Culture Proof Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are following up on our discussion about what the church actually is, or actually maybe it's better to say who the church is. And we are asking the question, do we really need to be a member of a church? We uh, came across this great article written by Tom Rainer, and you know Tom Rainer has dedicated um, such a bulk of his life to church and the study of church and looking at trends in the church and how we might be equipped to be the church, to be truly who the Lord has carved us out to be. And he had an article that was out um, last month Hmm. and it asked this question, do I really need to be a member of a church? We're going to ask that question. We're going to explore some of the points that he makes and then also take a look at God's word. Because I think, you know, if we are going to discuss whether or not we need to be a part of a church, Mm -hmm. we should also ask the question, what does God's word say? You know, are there things that can only happen in the context of being an active, vital part of a church? Yes, and I would think this is a great discussion because I think people really have questions about that. I think there's an uh, a feeling of, man, I don't really need to be a member. Like, what does that really mean? Is it the same as a social club? Like, what 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 is membership like, and who uh, is supposed to be members, or who gets to be a, a member? So, I think this is a very relevant. Uh, topic and conversation, and I think it will bring some clarity, even where you know may there may have been some questions, especially in the wake of COVID. Like you think about oh, the way that yeah. we and excuse this is you know the way that I'm saying this, excuse it, but in the way that we church, I yeah. think there's there's a way that we church now that is Christian culturally normative that may not be biblically prescribed, and yeah. so we need to talk about that. Um, before we do, though, how about a little bit of culture proof housekeeping? All right. Well, make sure you share the episodes. If you are being blessed by the content of Culture Proof, we would love for you to share with family, friends, loved ones, whoever. Um, And look, when you share, you know, it helps to grow the podcast, but also we get the information out there. We are here to help to encourage the body of Christ. Our desire is to strengthen the, the, the bride of Christ. We are part of this. And so as we're learning these different things and reading these stories and uh, seeing these topics come up, uh, man, we want to talk about them from a biblical perspective. And we're, we're, we're hoping that that's uh, helpful. Also, you can leave comments. We love your engagement. Please continue to be engaged and leave comments and give us a five-star rating, if you will. That would help us as well for the uh, podcast to grow. Let me say this too. Um, your financial support has been a blessing and an encouragement yes. to us. I would like to describe it. I would like to describe it as a shot in the arm, but that's controversial. <laughs> so let's not. <laughs> ah. Let's just say <laughs> there's no controversy there. Okay. <laughs> really? Like when when I say that, it is <laughs> it's a joke. You're not shooting me in the arm. Okay. So anyway, but that's a different podcast. And like, make sure you keep <laughs> listening <laughs> right. because we're not afraid to have that conversation. Um, but I just want to say that your financial support has been such an encouragement to us. It says to us, keep going. It says that you value um, the research and the commentary that we offer on cultural events of the day. Mm-hmm. It's been an encouragement to our family that you value the position our family has taken in culture. And that is to say that we resist trends Mm. that are antithetical to the faith. And so thank you so much for your financial support. You can keep up with us um, if you want to support monthly, or if you want to make a one-time donation, maybe just as the Lord leads you, um, we appreciate that. And we want to say thank you. Um, All of the information, uh, the the ways to do that are um, at cultureproof.net, cultureproof.net. There have been a few people who have asked us, um, what if I would like to send a gift in the mail? 
mail. I don't do things online. Then you can mail us. And if you want to write letters to us as well, that's really cool. We appreciate all the correspondence that we get. You can do that by mailing it to P.O. Box 1269 Mm -hmm. in Saltillo, Mississippi, 38866. And um, I'll spell Saltillo for you because that might be just a little bit of a a source of wondering, right? <laughs> S-A-L-T-I-L-L-O, S-A-L-T-I-L-L-O. So P.O. Box 1269, Sotillo, Mississippi, 38866. We appreciate you. We love you so much. And also, I haven't said this in a while, but I do want to say, um, if you have Culture Proof merch, please tag us in it when, yes, you, when you're yes, wearing it. Let it. us know. We recently got a post of a brother who was out ministering and <laughs> preaching outside and, um, he got some people to take pictures of him, and he yeah. sent them to us, and nice, uh, we nice. posted it on our Facebook page. We just love it. I mean, it's just such a statement, culture proof, right? You're saying you're saying a lot. So, if that's you, if you're in that category, and um, you're out and about wearing your T-shirt, maybe don't grab a stranger to snap the picture, <laughs> but grab a, fr- a family member or friend, yeah. and uh, and tag us in it, and then we'll share it on our page as well. All right, Will the Great? Yes. Do I really need to be a member? of a church. Can I just Great question. online church it <laughs> and consider myself engaged? Look, you can do that, but I don't think you can consider yourself uh, really engaged. As we look at church history, we look at, mm. you know, what the scriptures say about, you know, that we are always to be in a, a, a vibrant a fellowship of, of believers. And I, I think um, we understand from the scriptures that that's something that should not be uh, um, shied away from, that we should want and desire to be uh, in uh, fellowship with other believers. Now, you know, church membership, I don't know the, the history of like the, the technical church membership, but we have some things that, that we can look at in scripture and say like, hey, I adhere to this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a part of this uh, local fellowship. I believe what they believe, you know, as far as what the Bible says. And, and I think that those criteria, and we'll talk about some of that, um, puts us in line for membership of a church. I think it's important that, that we are, you know, um, you can... Because you can go to church, you know, go to a a fellowship for for a long time and not really be a member there. Maybe there's some things, you know, but I think we should actively be seeking for a place where we can plant ourselves and say, this is the place where I attend and this is the leadership that I submit to. Yeah, I think when you read through the scriptures, there's just a certain um, unspoken expectation that people would have submitted themselves to a specific congregation, to the yeah. leadership there, to the elders who were in place. I mean, you think about the care for the widows. You think about that there is actually, you know, I don't know if you would call it like a role, but there's a way to um, identify, identify those people yeah. who were part of that congregation. Yeah. And even to assess whether or not they qualified for certain benefits of that fellowship. Like to say, well, I have... Um, lived in this way. It Mm. has been observed by the people around me. I have served in this way. Um, You know, I qualify to be cared for by this local fellowship that I have served. Mm. I mean, there are things that in a sense, when you look at that, they're measurable. You can say you actually did this. The same thing with accountability. There's a way that you can actually measure whether or not you've got a brother among you who's refusing to work. Hmm. You say, if he doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Like, don't coddle this brother. He needs to get out there. He needs to get a job. He needs to be about the business of bringing glory to the name of God. And so it seems that there's a way to measure that, that I think 
would be included in the description or yeah. the right understanding of a church membership. Yeah, that that example that you gave would assume a relationship too. That yeah. you would, that you know uh, you would know each other and know what's going on and know situations and stuff like that to be able to you know call into account or to be able to say hey encourage a brother or sister in a, in a certain way that we would uh, know each other and have a real relationship and I think that is developed through membership in a in a local assembly. I was looking at this article and um, it's one I actually grabbed a while back and then we didn't get to it. And then you brought it back to my attention. So I think we just are supposed to talk about it. But Tom, <laughs> Tom Rayner um, asking the question, do I really need to be a member of a church? And I want to share just a little bit about mm -hmm. it. Um, he says this question and its ensuing discussion continues. Do I really need to be a member of a church? I guess this is a big question that people have right do i need yeah. to be a member of a church yeah. to me it's always been automatic yeah. that you would join a church from the time that i was able to make that decision on my own in college mm. the church that i attended i wanted to join and so there were membership classes there there was oh my goodness i, I want to say this but i mean this lovingly and respectfully <laughs> but there was like an onboarding process for like be, becoming a member of the church mm. where you learned um, the doctrine of the church, you learned, you know, what we believe here as a fellowship, right. uh, where it's rooted in scripture. So you have scriptural reference for what we believe when we gather here. Um, you learned about the ways that you could be involved. Here are the different ministries mm. and the different outreaches that we have so that if you have gifts in this area, you can use those gifts, which to me seems like the perfect place for Ephesians chapter four to be put mm. into practice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You, you, uh, get to see, what a person is bent towards their giftings, you know, in the context of being in the local fellowship is so important. And uh, to be a member, it shows commitment. Mm. It shows that I am here, that I am submitting to this leadership, you know, and I think it says a lot. So um, if you're just kind of just hanging around, that's, that's really not, a lot of commitment. It's just right. like you're just coming because maybe you know you're supposed to be in church or whatever, whatever the deal is. But to say, you know, I want to submit myself to this leadership and the teaching here, you know, I believe is biblical and scriptural, you know, that shows commitment and that's what we need. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And maybe we can circle back to that in just a little bit, because mm -hmm. I feel like what you're touching on this hesitancy to commit to leadership, mm -hmm. to commit to having authority over you. I think in many instances, maybe some of the driving force that we see in people's refusal to actually become a member of a local mm. congregation, it, it, there's something more to it than just, do I need to go every Sunday? Yeah. Because I think people are willing to just go, even as like a casual observer, right, right. but to submit yourself to the potential and even the commanded discipline that exists in the context of the church. I think a lot of people don't want that. Mm. And I, I think that's a very important piece because I think a lot, so a lot of times there are people who want some type of maybe benefits or help from the church, but they're not willing to commit. And the thing is that the church leadership, the, they have a responsibility to the members you know, of that particular uh, uh, fellowship, you know, and so it's important that if you desire to have the full fellowship, you desire to have maybe different discipleship things and help that you need that you say like, okay, I want to be a part of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Even if I've seen and you've seen 
where people, and I, I don't like this, but uh, because of certain giftings, people are brought in because they can do certain things, but they're not members of mm-hmm. that fellowship. It's almost like a, a gig if they're a musician. They come in, you know, to play the keyboard, you know, and then the thing is they don't even stay for the service and stuff like that. They're just not committed. You know, I'm a firm believer in that God from within will give a, a church, a fellowship, everything that they need, you yes. know. And so we've seen that even in our local fellowship that God has provided, you know, um, musicians and things like that. Uh, it's some of our children, you know, have grown up to, to, to do that. So I think church membership is, is powerful, is important, and it's, it's saying that I am with the vision and the mission of this local fellowship, and I agree with it. Have you been looking for a solution to your math woes? Maybe that's CTC Math. CTC Math is a self-paced learning program designed to empower students in all grades. Even parents who aren't homeschooling wonder if there are gaps in their kids' math education. Head on over to ctcmath.com and let CTC Math help you discover where your kid is and build from there. CTC Math is engaging and responsive to students no matter where they are in their math journey. Parents, you don't have to fear math. There's so much stress in our life. Math doesn't have to be one of them. Let our friends at CTC Math help you and your children enjoy math. Again, you'll want to go to ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. So getting back to this article from Tom Rayner or by Tom Rayner, he says, we need to first separate the concept of church membership from other types of organizational mm, membership. Important. Church yes. membership is not like civic club membership, even though many civic or- organizations do have altruistic purposes. Church membership is definitely not like country club membership <laughs> where you pay your dues. Uh-oh and expect perks in return. Mm. Sadly, many church members do view their membership like joining a country club. When that attitude becomes our perspective, he writes, we then start insisting on getting things my way, my mm. style of music, oh, <laughs> my order of worship, my mm. length of sermon, my wow. ministries, my programs. You get the picture. He says membership in a New Testament church is metaphorically like being a member of a physical body. Mm. You are but one part of a greater whole, but your part is vital for the overall health of the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look specifically at verse 27. He writes, and this is a quote, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Church membership then is a declaration that you are a part of a member or you are a part or a member of a greater whole. It is self-sacrificing and not preference seeking. Here are five reasons why church membership is vital to the health of the church and those who decide to join a church. Okay, so let's take these kind of one by one and I'd like to get your take on them. So number one, church membership is a formal declaration of your commitment to a local body of believers. He says, you are letting members and church leaders know that you are committing to exercising your God-given gifts and roles within a local congregation. You are more than an attendee who comes and goes without commitment. Mm. Why would that be important? Oh, man, because you're telling the the leadership there that you submit to them 
and they um, keep watch over your soul, you know. And so it, it, it kind of it puts that responsibility on those who are in leadership that I am submitted to you and, you know, to your care as, as the Lord is leading you and, and guiding you. And that's a big responsibility when you think about, you know, sometimes when you read the, the letters from the Apostle Paul and, uh, and you see like the, the love and the tenderness that he had for the different churches and different people, he would call them out by name. I'm praying for you, thinking about you night and day and this and, you know, it's like that's a that's a heavy thing. So um, I think to have that type of commitment from, uh, uh, you know, a, a believer, so, someone as a part of the, the local fellowship is, is important because it tells me that I need to invest in you, I need to pray for you, I need to uh, minister and, and serve you, you know, uh, and, and that's something that every leader should take uh, very seriously. Now, I want to, something you just said there about membership and the direct investment that is enjoyed by the person who is a member or even the person who is pouring into the person, right? So like maybe the minister there. Yeah. Should there be a preference expressed in like the distribution of ministerial gifts? Like, I don't know how to say this. Like, so if there's going to be um, discipleship or yeah. training or Bible studies or things like that, like, should there be preference given within a congregation to people who are official members first mm, versus yes. somebody who's a casual attendee? Yes, because that person has, has committed uh, to be a part of that uh, fellowship, and they they have submitted themselves to that leadership. Now, you know, I don't think there's a a thing where you can't minister to to uh, people outside mm -hmm. of the fellowship, but the first preference should be to those who are in uh, the fellowship. Okay, so number two, church membership identifies you as a person who is under the care and pastoral ministry of the church. Tom Rayner writes, ministry leaders cannot care for everyone who is in and out of the church. Their responsibility is to the clearly identified members of the church. Paul told the elders of the church at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. So guard yourselves and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flock, his mm -hmm. church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The leaders cannot shepherd the flock unless they know who the flock is. Amen. Amen. Wow. We just, that's kind of what we were just uh, uh, speaking about. But yeah, there has, there has to be a knowledge of who are a part of this uh, ministry. And, and then from there, you're, you're like, okay, well, this is a time that can be given to this person, that person, you know, based upon their commitment to uh, God and their commitment to this local fellowship. You know, one of the things I think that's been really, um, and I, w I want to be careful here, but I think that has really harmed the church mm -hmm. locally and really, I think, kind of distorted the way we view membership is that there were a lot of churches in other areas that would not be considered one's local church, mm -hmm. but yet they have sort of like um, arms out into these homes, right? So then people feel like, well, I I am committed to this church, mm -hmm. but, but really there's no accountability, right? And so I think it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what I mean here. So like when, when James warns that those who are teachers need to be careful because they're going to have to give an account for what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, when, you, when you think about... Um, the care that would be responsible or the responsibility of those who are in leadership. Mm -hmm. How do you know 
um, what sin you need to address or that you, if, if you're going to be derelict in your duty, how do you know? You know mm. what I mean? How would you know that you are not addressing an area of sin in a, in a sheep's life if that person is not there? You know what I mean? Mm. Like if that person is not, um, yeah held accountable in like a face-to-face type of accountability situation where there's maybe like a, you know, ministerial team that Mm -hmm. gets to say, Hey, you know, we appreciate that you've been coming and um, you've been here for a long time, but you really should not be living with someone to whom you're not married. And it's come to our attention that you are not married to the man that you're living with. Mm -hmm. The Bible calls this sin. Right. It doesn't matter if we agree with it, we do, but this is sin. This is yeah. not our opinion. And so we have to address this. I think when you've got an online situation, mm-hmm. it kind of like excludes people from the opportunity of that type of engagement. Yeah, definitely it does. And I think that's some of the that's part of the problem that, you know, sometimes I think people want that looseness. They don't really want to be held accountable in that way. Mm-hmm. And so being uh, just checking out things online Man, it's more comfortable because I don't have to rub shoulders with someone that would tell me this is wrong. This the Bible says this, mm. or you know, I, I think people are uh, want to avoid some of that. You know, uh, the darkness don't want light to come in, and when you have robust fellowship, when you're a part of a community. You know, those things can happen. That's why uh, we need the body of Christ, because there's some things that I don't see in my life that maybe a brother can see and say, hey, Will, man, check this out. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen this, you know, but if you're not there, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. That can't happen online or just watching television. You know, we need that uh, interaction with people in fellowship together, you know, and so that's a that's one, like you said, that's one of the sad things that came out of uh, COVID as well. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as people just really feeling comfortable just being at home and just watching uh, television, watching church on TV or whatever it, it may be, and and feeling like I've done it. You mm-hmm. know, I've been in fellowship when you really haven't. Yeah. Okay. So this leads us, and this is really closely tied in with reason number two, reason number three, church membership is a commitment to come under the authority of the leadership of the church. Yes. Look, we don't like the word authority. Right. <laughs> we we really don't. Right. We don't like, like our, our three-year-old now has picked up this phrase. Okay. <laughs> and the reason he has picked up this phrase is because we use it on him. And so he has adopted it as his own. And it's a phrase that he is chanting a lot lately here. It is, you don't tell me what to do. Hmm. So Hmm. the three-year-old will say that to us. You don't tell me what to do. But now I I just will say he picked it up because we say that to him because he's prone to tell us what to do. Like he's, (laughs) he is prone to call the shots. So he has adopted that. He's heard it enough that he's adopted it. But I think that this is also a part of the sin nature. I think this is a part of what we see present in Christians who are like, well, I don't want to be a part of a situation where they think they're going to have direct access. You can't tell me what to do. (laughs) How do we lovingly point this out in the believer and say, listen, it is the role and the responsibility of those who teach and train in God's word to instruct you. I mean, that's why we're given God's word for instruction. Right. And those things can only come out through uh, being a part of a local fellowship 
and through discipleship. Discipleship happens in that way, you know? And so you'll have a lot of those type of issues that haven't been worked out in believers because they have never been really in fellowship with other believers and uh, really is doing a disservice to themselves, you know? And so it's very important, vitally important that we are a part of a local fellowship and receiving discipleship and being, dis- and being discipled, you know, uh, and, and being, and, and making disciples, I, I, I should say, because that's a, a great big feature of being a part of a local fellowship. Yeah. I'll just echo what Tom Rayner says here in point mm-hmm. number three, he says church, a church member is not only under the shepherding ministry of the church, they are also under the authority of the leaders of the church. Mm-hmm. And though church discipline should be rare, mm-hmm. the concept of church discipline by the leadership affirms and complements the concept of church membership. You cannot be disciplined from something unless you have committed to be a part of something. Yeah, Man, that is just so true. And, yeah. and I think that, look, I would, just encourage that there are people who have found themselves really cozy to kind of getting their so-called ministry online. Mm. I would argue that it is actually not the type Mm. of ministry that the Bible describes, Mm. right? Like I think it's, it's one thing for us to be able to hear something and that's encouraging to us. Yes, we want to be encouraged, but the full counsel of God's word involves a, um, and we're, we're going to get to some of this before we run out of time, but it involves a one another aspect of yeah. the fellowship. There is something involved in that that's not just I heard and then I went home. Mm. There is a living together. There is an exhorting one another. There is a challenging and an encouraging one another that is present in the scriptures. I mean, the scriptures are replete with this that we don't get if we shrink back from being an active and identified member of the church. Yeah, amen. And that's where a lot of growth happens. Happens in being in fellowship, you know, when you can be rubbed the wrong way, you know, in a good way, <laughs> you know, for, for your benefit. Um, but again, those things don't happen when we shy away from uh, fellowship and shy away from the, the context of being in the body of believers. You know, that that's, some, that's something that's very important. And, and I'm hoping, you know, and I'm alluding to COVID again, but I'm hoping that, that can, that's something that can be brought back, that the importance of of, of, of true fellowship with other believers. Yeah. Now, number four, and, and I, I kind of want to, um, I, I don't know there, I think there are some, well, let me just say number four. Okay. Here we, I get before myself ahead of myself in my own brain. All right. Church membership is an affirmation of the church's beliefs Mm. and doctrine. Tom Rayner. It is not unusual for churches to have attendees who don't fully affirm a church's doctrine. Church membership, therefore, becomes a statement of affirmation that you identify with both the church and her members in what the church believes. One of the reasons many churches do not let non-members teach is that they have not committed to the church's beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm reading these things and I'm like, man, yeah, definitely. Because why would I have you up there, you know, and <laughs> and you have not submitted to uh, what's going on here, you know, but it happens often, you know, that you have people from the outside coming in and, you know, may not totally agree with what, man, we have to, we have to stop that. There's an order, you know, and the, the, the responsibility of the leaders is to 
uh, protect the, the flock. Mm-hmm. So you can't just have, you know, anybody coming up there and, and doing this. And I think that's an important piece. You, you have to have the affirmation of the church's beliefs. And that is a sign uh, of that when you become a member. Yeah. I mean, and you think about it like, okay, so I, I want to take a different angle, right? So yes, you want to affirm sound doctrine, Yeah. but I think there's also a component of this that there are people who, okay, so I want to look at the flip side. This is something yeah. that just kind of has always, you know, I don't know, it's grabbed my attention when people have described themselves in this way, when they say, well, my church teaches. <laughs> so like there's an aspect mm. of knowing what the church teaches, but can I just say, and I think that Tom Rayner would agree with me on this, mm-hmm. we want to know what the church teaches and we want to affirm what the church teaches if it's in as much as it's been taken from God's yeah, word. Definitely, Amen. Definitely. Amen. No, no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it's biblical, we affirm the church church's teaching. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Be, and, and the reason I say that is because there are sort of, you know, yeah. There are gatherings where right. it is the church is preeminent, the right. church itself. Yeah. So then yeah. whatever the church says becomes authoritative, yeah. you know, and I just, I'm like, wait a minute, if the church right. is saying it, then it is understood to me that the church has gathered that from God's word, yes. that we have received God's eternal and holy word. And from this, we derive all of our doctrine, you Amen. know, like sometimes, like I remember, you know, talking to people and saying, well, what do you think the Bible says about this? And and their response would be, well, I'm Baptist. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, that's that's great. <laughs> but what are you telling me? Right. Now, I know what they were telling me. They were telling me that whatever the Baptists believe, that's what I believe. But I would press on that and say, okay, oh, but why do so. the Baptists believe that? Rightfully so. So, so you, you want to be able to point back to scripture. And so, yes, being an active part of a church where you are identified as a member, you are saying, I submit to this doctrine Mm -hmm. and hopefully the doctrine is derived from God's eternal word. Amen. Yeah. All right. Number five, church membership is a commitment to serve. When you become a part of a member of a church, you are affirming first Corinthians 12, um, that you will be a functioning member of the body. Um, when you think about this, to me, I also, I kind of go back to Ephesians four, mm-hmm. that the, the function of the assembly is to equip believers for the work of ministry, that yeah. we are members of the Lord's body and that we've each been given these functions. We've each been given these gifts that we are to use in serving the Lord and advancing his kingdom. And we have an opportunity to do that in the context of the church. Yeah. It's laid out for us to be able to serve and to use the, the giftings that God has given us. That is a great context. It, it's like, it's, it's serving a family. You know, uh, and and everyone should have a mindset to come in and 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 give as well, not just receive and take. You know, because everyone, the, the Bible talks about every joint supplying. Mm. Like you know, I I have something to give that's of worth to the body uh, of Christ. You know, and so uh, that should be no one who feels like, well, I'm just here, I'm just an attendee. You know, no, you have something to give. That's God right. is giving you something. You know, even if it's just a word of encouragement for somebody else who's going through something that you went through before. Like we have those things help. You know, strengthen the body of Christ. Amen. You know, and I think so often we downplay, we diminish God's plan for building His kingdom. Mm. Like when when we say, well, I don't need to be on a membership role, or I don't need to be in person. What we are saying is that God's design for the local fellowship um, is not good. Mm. And and I do want to make a distinction here because when we talk about the church, we are talking about 
um, the church in two presentations. And let me, let me qualify that. So we're talking about the church universal. This is the church from its inception, from the beginning, um, the church in Acts chapter two, right? Mm -hmm. The birth of the church. So this is what we're talking about when we talk about the church universal. Yeah. Um, but then additionally, we're talking about the local church, right? All throughout right. the New Testament scriptures, you see the local church being addressed by the Apostle Paul, by Peter, by James, that you've got these local congregations that are being addressed. And so you see an affirmation of the local congregation, that mm. there's a there's a tone in those local congregations. There are things specifically going on in those congregations where the Word of God must be applied to this area. And so the Bible because it is authored by the Holy Spirit himself, mm. right? Has in full view our great need for oversight and the specificity of that need based on where we are uh, congregating and, and the people that we <laughs> are among. Yeah, amen. Amen to that. This is a vitally, again, important topic, important topic, because, you know, it, we've gotten it so out of whack and we've been so, like, loose with it to where it feels like, well, you're telling me I need to be a member of a church that that's you're being uh, like a Pharisee, Pharisee, you know, like you're, you're, you're pressing on me. But this is important for your growth. Mm. This is important not only for your growth, but for the growth of people around you. And I think if we considered if we considered like the blessing that uh, would be for us and for others, mm. we will take this situation and we'll say like, man, I have to be a part of a, a local fellowship. I'm missing out on some things mm -hmm. and I'm missing out on serving and giving some things that God is giving so me. Good. So I, I think, you know, when we look at this, this is not just a castaway type topic. You know, this is something that is beneficial, not only for the body of Christ, but for you personally. And I think sometimes that's not recognized. Some, sometimes we can feel like, no, I just, it's me and the Holy Spirit. We're good. Mm. You know, we're enough. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, no. God has set this thing up to where it's a family. It's a body mm -hmm. of, of believers and we need one another. Man, I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking here and I actually wrote some of these down or I included some of these here. Mm -hmm. um, the one another's of scripture are commands of God. You know, so often we look at some of the things that might be considered um, just pleasantries in scripture. And we almost approach those things as if they're like just nice suggestions. Mm. It would be nice if you did this. You'd get along better <laughs> if you did this. But if we rightly weight the word of God as the commands of God, yeah. then we see also even the one another's as commands of God, which means that there are commands of God that you are not upholding. You are not obeying God if you do not engage in the one another's of scripture. Wow. Now, let me take it a step further and then you push back on me if I go <laughs> too far. I think that there are certain one another's that you just cannot do if you are not in person at a local congregation. Like what? Okay. Well, <laughs> so you cannot greet one another with a kiss. True. Yeah. That's just off the top so. of my head, right? Okay, that's just. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that anyway. Not just... Well, <laughs> that one Pong. I'm just that one I'm just throwing out. <laughs> that one I'm just throwing out for free. Okay, but I'm I'm seriously looking at some of the one another statements. Somebody's like, "Don't kiss me." <laughs> right? Don't you dare. So now, okay, well let's let's just explore that for a second. So mm -hmm. if you don't want to greet one another with a holy kiss, a maybe a handshake thing. or a hug or a, 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 <laughs> a holy a, a holy high five. A ho <laughs> man, come on, man. I don't know. But I'm, what I'm saying is that we are actually laying eyes on one another. 
Yeah. We're actually definitely. in the same proximity with one another right. where some form of expression of brotherly love can be communicated among one another. We just lost so much of our audience right now. They're like, I'm out. She around here talking about kissing folks. I'm, I'm the like, Bible um. says, <laughs> the Bible says, okay, so, but let's look at some of these one another's that you would say would function in the context of being around one another. You've got to be in each other's presence. So in John chapter six, verse 43, uh, don't grumble among one another. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 33, wait for one another when you come together to participate in the Lord's table. How, <laughs> yeah. how is that happening online? We just this is, <laughs> right. like, think about, I mean, this is not just about the juice and crackers and man, you know, we have so demeaned what happens during, you know, communion when we come mm. together to remember the Lord's body that was broken for us and his blood that was poured out for us, that we don't do that to just consume something that we are actually together. There is something significant that is happening. Um, Ephesians chapter four, verse two says, gently, patiently tolerate one another man yeah you can't do that <laughs> apart from if a i'm person. if i if i i could i could tell myself that i do tolerate people but i don't tolerate know because i'm not there <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not i'm not with people they don't yeah. have an opportunity to to press my tolerance level yeah. right yeah, true. um james chapter 5 verse 16 confess your sins to one another mm. So, so how, how are we doing that if we're not gathered together? Text. Galatians chapter five, verse 13, <laughs> through love, serve one another. Yeah. Ephesians Amen. chapter four, verse two, tolerate one another in love. And then the one you just rejected, let this be on record. Will the great rejected huh? a portion of the word of God. What, what? First Peter chapter five, verse 14, greet one another with a kiss of love. Yeah, see, mm -mm. in today's age, no. no. <laughs> when I put on my COVID mask, then we can greet one another. I think that's a cultural thing. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, I want to say this one last thing here, and then yeah. and then we'll wrap up. Um, when I was growing up in church, we actually engaged in the practice that we see in John chapter 13, verse 14, where we washed one another's feet. And yeah. that was such an incredible gift of service. And let me tell you something. Yeah. It was not performative. It was not something for some sort of like, quote unquote, racial justice. It, it was because because, look, I grew yeah. up in a church where all of us were black. OK, <laughs> so, yeah. so we were washing one another's feet as a way to serve one another, not to say, hey, you're better than me or I've sinned against you, but right. just to say, man, the Lord has commanded this and we want to show this service to one another here in in the in a modern context i'm not saying that we need to be given to foot washing although i grew up in a context where we were by the way did did you engage in in foot washing um yeah before yeah yeah that wasn't you know it wasn't, wasn't something a part, was it was it not a feature of what you grew up in yeah kind of it wasn't like a, a normal thing though okay. like like I a mean, special service maybe yeah okay. yeah yeah from time to time it wasn't like often I just remember it almost being, I'll just say this as a side note. I remember it being almost like a rite of passage because like <laughs> when you, when you got to be like a, a, a young teen, a preteen, and you could finally get your feet washed, like it was a big deal because the kids, we always like, so were was on the it outskirts. a normal thing? Like, like it happened. It was pretty, pretty, pretty routine. It oh, was, it was wow. pretty routine. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was every Sunday, yeah. but I would say that it's routine enough to be marked in my mind. Um, there were these um, porcelain basins uh -huh. that we had and um, the ushers and they would they would bring out these basins 
And, huh. and then the men would go in one section of the church and mm-hmm. the women would be in another section of the church. And there would be songs that, that would be sung and words of exhortation. And while there, while the singing was happening, um, there would be a line of people that, you know, you would put your feet in this basin and they would pray and they would wash your feet and, and, and then, then someone else would dry your feet. I mean, I know it seems weird now to think about, but I will tell you, it's marked in my mind as an act of humility and service. And that even Uh. the people who would like boss people around in church, (laughs) (laughs) they washed feet. You know what I mean? They told people where to sit. Yeah. Here, we have a space here. Right, right, Get over right. here, you know. <laughs> but they also got down on their knees and wow. washed people's feet and prayed for them. And so I don't know. I mean, that's you think about what the Lord Jesus did in washing his disciples' feet. Yeah. Like that was yeah. a that was an act of service that was expressed in a context of like, this is the dirty job. Mm. Yeah. This is the dirty job, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna serve you by doing this. So yeah. anyway, I would just say wow. this: there are a lot of cultural trends that really want to resist what we see in Scripture, mm. and and the Bible has made the ultimate case for us being a part of an assembly, being identified as a member of that assembly, and engaging in certain practices that we can only engage in when we are active. Yeah. Members, defined yeah. members of a local congregation. And so I think we need to take God's word seriously. Yeah, definitely. One hundred percent. And and it will again not only benefit the body, it'll benefit you personally. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you shouldn't shy away from. You shouldn't, you know, have reservations. You know, sometimes you you may have like trust issues. You you don't want to get all in. But man, it's a benefit and it's commanded by the Lord. Amen. Look, when we work the Bible, when we live according to the truth of God's word, we are actively resisting those cultural trends that rival the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. And so as we often say and encourage you, when you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless.